Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Can the Bears offense really work if it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams? That's what the new offensive coordinator wants you to believe. Hey, welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Uh, Coaches talking, Perloff. Generally, that means coaches lying. However, (laughs) I'd like to think that Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, and the Bears are one of the most interesting teams for the next few weeks Mm. because they have this dilemma about what to do at quarterback. So here's Shane Waldron. Can I hear cut two, please, Pete? The offense could fit either quarterback, Fields, or a a college quarterback to be named later. I I totally believe that. You know, I think in the in the past experiences, like I said, with with different quarterbacks, different experience levels. whether I was in the coordinator role or in a, in a role uh, as a position coach, you know, I felt that way. I felt different quarterbacks have been able to uh, be able to, uh, to learn it quickly, you know, and that starts with us being able to teach it in a good and efficient man, uh, manner where they understand it and then being able to go and, and again, adjust because each guy's going to have a different skill set. So what direction does it go? Uh, it's, you know, the players really take ownership and control of that. First of all, is this dude being interrogated by the police? Why does he <laughs> seem so nervous? Like, I never understand coaches who have to stand up in front of their teams and I'm assuming are pretty loose and can speak and communicate effectively. Then they get in front of the media and it's like, ah, like it's the Chris Farley show all of a sudden. Anyway, yeah. uh, I like this from Shane Waldron. I hope he's not lying. I hope that he doesn't isn't so rigid where he's saying, I have only designed one offense that can go around Justin Fields or only one offense around Caleb Williams. You have to be flexible if you're an offensive coordinator. What do you mean, though? You're saying you should play to your quarterback or you should run your system? Because I think the most successful guys run their system. Oh, no, you got to play to your quarterback. This this is a philosophy thing that you and I are just not going to agree on, I, You know, especially when it's young quarterbacks. Well, look at Kyle Shanahan. Of course, Shane Waldron eventually gets back to the Shanahans. I know he's Lou McVay, who is also a Shanahan guy. Kyle Shanahan thought, okay, I, I've had success with a lot of guys in my system. The famous one, Matt Schaub, came out of nowhere <laughs> with the Houston Texans. I can't remember. It was Kubiak or Shanahan. Like, you don't need super talented guys. So what if I put this great young talent and Trey Lance into my system. It's going to work. He realized you can't coach the player. You have to go to your system. So he got a guy, he brought in another, he got rid of Lance and brought in a system guy. The system is the key, not the player to me. Oh, see, totally disagree. Especially when you're picking number one in the draft and you have, in theory, you're going to have like this great talent. Right. To have that person come in and be so rigid about running the system around him and not playing to his strengths, I feel like is a classic mistake that coaches make all the time, and I never understand it. There's no mistake here. He obviously went into Chicago and said, this is how I'm going to make Caleb Williams a superstar. So they hired him because they thought he would match Caleb Williams. Okay, but here's the thing. We have not seen Caleb Williams take a, col- a professional snap yet. Yeah, but so, we've seen him for three seasons no, in college football. We know who Caleb Williams we is. We know who he is, but I think you. I like a guy who's saying, I'm going to leave this open and flexible in case we do get to the league and he gets to the league and all of a sudden he is struggling with 
cover three, or I don't know what it's going to be, but say he is struggling in some way or, hey, you know, he's maybe not jiving so much with this wide receiver. Maybe it's a different wide receiver. Maybe he loves this tight end, whatever it is. And let's be flexible here on what he wants to run. I guess what you're saying makes sense. they should have hired Cliff they're... Kingsbury then, or they should have, you know, done something. Well, I'm sure they looked at Kingsbury. But they, uh, but they could have hired Shane, Cliff Kingsbury, I, honestly, and they didn't do it. So they, I think they hired Shane Waldron because he did such great work with Geno Smith. So he wants, I mean, he does do the run to set up the pass, but I think he thinks, oh, we can have a 4,500-yard passer here because he got so much production out of Geno Smith. And Shane Waldron has worked with the receivers in, in L.A. I'm sorry, was it L.A.? Yeah, the Rams. Yep. Uh, and he's he could do a very good passing offense, and that doesn't say Justin Fields to me. I think Waldron is a perfect marriage with Caleb Williams, and I think that's why he's there. No, it could be, and I hope it becomes that because it'll be fun if the Bears are good and Caleb Williams is good and my prediction would come true and all that stuff. I'm rooting for it, but here's the thing. I, I hope that Waldron's telling the truth here about being flexible to your personnel. See, You're a system guy. I'm a make tailor the system around your players guy. I don't get it. If they keep Justin Fields, Shane Waldron makes no sense to me. I don't know because he's basically Luke Getze, who is the former coordinator. What do you do? not get along apparently. Yeah, what what do you do in bringing in a very similar coach? Uh, philosophically, he's the same as Luke Getzey, and I think he fits a Caleb Williams better than Justin. I don't get a Justin Fields and Shane Waldron. Maybe maybe I'm underestimating Justin Fields' ability to be a pure passer. It just doesn't seem like the perfect marriage. I think he's brought in there specifically for Caleb Williams. And I think he's a very good coach, by the way. I think he's going to be great because you watch Seattle. Seattle was exciting on offense, and they got the ball to DK Metcalf downfield most games. They hit Tyler Lockett. I I think the Bears want to be like that. I think they really want to recreate that. So we're talking about the new Bears offensive coordinator met the media yesterday and said we're going to have this sort of flexible offense that could work for either Justin Fields or a – unknown college quarterback. He can't say Caleb Williams now, but that's who it would be. You brought up the 49ers, and I think that's an interesting point because if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, which is a multiverse yeah. uh, topic that we did once upon a time, if Trey Lance didn't get hurt and Kyle Shanahan gets to realize his dream of having a running quarterback with this really cool zone blocking scheme yeah. and this whole running situation – what could it have been? And obviously that was the pie in the sky, right? We're going to elevate this right. system. One that goes from, hey, the perfect quarterback for this is Kirk Cousins to the perfect quarterback for this is, you know, Michael Vick or whatever they thought, you know, Trey Lance was going to be. but Or Cam Newton. I don't know what they thought he was going to be. But, like, if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, how do we not know that a running quarterback would have elevated Shanahan's system. They went back to Brock Purdy, who ends up being awesome for them because the current style can work. But we never got to see if you if you actually tailored it around the quarterback strengths, what would it could have looked like? I think we saw enough to know that Trey Lance did not fit there. Say it was There's, a different guy. Uh, yeah, maybe, but I think they like a point guard style a guy who's not going to, I think Kyle Shannon said, Oh, you know what? That was a mistake. You don't want a running quarterback. You want to accentuate the strength of your skill players. At least that's the offense that they built. And that's what a Shanahan Kubiak offense has always looked like. So, I mean, there have been mobile quarterbacks in there that have worked, but I think Trey Lance was all wrong because Trey Lance could not throw the short right. pass because he had such a large windup. And I think they thought, Oh, we're going to get the guy who threw 30 touchdowns and no picks at North Dakota state. And the truth is that he just wasn't ready to run an intricate passing offense. No, yeah, RG3 he's still young. Worked until he got hurt. Worked RG3, for Mike Shanahan. RG three was good, but also RG three was a great passer. 
that's true. Uh, he, a beautiful passer, and he was really accurate underneath, too. He could do everything until he got hurt. I, I just think that there's no way to me that Shane Waldron and Justin Fields make sense. I, you got to go completely. What is the difference, really, between Luke Getze and Shane Waldron? If you're really eyeballing the two, if the two walked in right now, and I just was watching pictures of Shane Waldron, I'm not sure I would know which guy was which. Well, I, I look at some of the coaches that I really love and who I, su- I respect in the NFL level. Guys like Jim Harbaugh, who was able to go from an Alex Smith to a Colin Kaepernick, right? These are guys who played differently. Kaepernick Not that was, different. I mean, Alex Kaepernick Smith. Kaepernick uses legs way more yeah, than Alex Smith. But, I mean, Alex Smith was obviously drafted as a mobile guy. Okay, but that's not what – Kaepernick added a different dimension to that Yeah, he, he, he upped it a little bit. But Jim Harbaugh always stuck to his style. It was always a run-first team. Okay, but I'm just – well, okay. I, I thought that Harbaugh was a lot more flexible. I think Bill Belichick is flexible. Like, when I think about the person mm. who tailors the game plan – to the personnel, not the other way around. The square peg round whole thing to me, I think, is where you always get in trouble. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm very curious to see how he goes with the Chargers because he hasn't had a quarterback like that, like Justin Herbert. I think Jim Harbaugh, I think there were a lot of similarities between Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. It's, it reminds me a little bit when they went from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. I think they just want to be a tough, physical, run-based team. So I think Harbaugh sticks to his system. I don't think he really changes wildly for different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, first of all, I think Shane Walter is lying. I think he's prepared. He's preparing for Caleb Williams. I well, think he's drawing up <laughs> plays right now. It's funny, as our pal Michael Lombardi, the former GM, uh, said recently on his podcast, if you're just getting started now, what have you been doing all off like for the last couple weeks? You've known you were going to have the number one pick for a long time. I know. I mean, by the way, who is Luke Getze coaching next year with the Raiders offensive Not Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I have no idea. That's talking about he has to be flexible because does anyone know who's the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders? No clue. So, but I, I generally think that you can't say, you can't really get it. He got the job, right? So the, the owner or the coach, whoever interviewed him, said, give me your game plan. You can't have two different game plans for different quarterbacks. Shane Waldron came in and said, I'm going to do this with Caleb Williams. I guarantee that's how the meeting went down. You think he really was like, well, I can work with either of these guys? Then he was lying. Well, and the other part, too, we're talking about the Bears offensive coordinator said his system could work for either Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. Perloff's calling BS on it. I hope it's true. The other part about this, and this is a sad reality of it, and close your ears over there, Jets fans, but your quarterback could go down in the first four snaps of the season. So you do have to be a bit flexible because even if your backup sort of resembles your starter, they're not going to be exactly the same. This is the problem that happened with the Jets. They were running the same system for Aaron Rodgers for Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's and, the problem with the Jets. <laughs> one of them. And it tanked the season. What, so, what's the difference? They could uh, You could have Bill Belichick combined with Sean McVay and they're not going to help the Jets. I'm just saying this is why I like the idea that coaches can be flexible around the personnel. Right. No, I think the personnel was so bad with the Jets that no coach could have saved that situation. Right. No, I I honestly, I believe that the coach has to run his system. Sean McVay, he upgraded from Goff to Stafford because he thought Stafford could run his system better. Not because he's like, just Stafford's so much more talented that I'll adjust my system. This is, it's a system league. You know that. Even Mahomes. I hate to say it, even Mahomes no. wow. is running a Andy Reid system to okay, perfection. He's running an offense, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's in the system. Why can't? Why is Travis Kelsey still open to this day? Because they're they're freelancing out there. It's backyard football. That's what everyone says. Gosh, you're gonna look back at it one day when Andy Reid retires and say, "Hmm, something looks different." This is Andy Reid. 
Andy Reid can make any quarterback better. Mahomes is is obviously brilliant on his own. That marriage with Andy Reid is what puts him over the top to me. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Okay, so we've got a lot coming up here. We're debuting new segments. Pete is going to be picking a new basketball team for Perloff. That's right. Perloff no longer going to be able to root for the Philadelphia team. He's jumping off the bandwagon. Oh, no, not that. (laughs) He's happily jumping off the bandwagon, but we're not letting him just join any team. He doesn't get to, you know, glob onto the Celtics now. Yeah, he wanted the number one seed in the West. He wanted the Timberwolves. No, I, no, no, no. You guys brought that team up. I wanted the Pelicans because I'm a huge Zion oh, fan. Right. I, want, I wanted to see you in a Celtics jersey in Philadelphia, though. Yeah. That would have been tremendous. And not just at a game, like going out to eat, just living your life. Yeah. Especially since he says that Sixers fans really don't care. Philly fans don't really care about the Sixers. So <laughs> if they don't care so bad, then Pearl should be totally fine going to all. He should go to his high school reunion. He should <laughs> yeah, go right. meet all his friends. Where He's, what? In, in, a, in a Celtics, Celtics jersey. jersey. He's yeah. saying that you know, really deep down... Philly fans only care about when's Eagles football season happening, which, okay, if that's true, then you should have no problem wearing a Celtic jersey walking around the streets of your favorite city, Philadelphia. Honestly, at least it's green. <laughs> maybe you can fool some people. Yeah, you maybe know, people think, oh, that's a cool basketball Eagles jersey, <laughs> like an alternate. Basically, when I went down on the ski slope the other day and hurt my knee, there was, I think, three Eagles jerseys stopped to help, try and help me out. There was A.J. Brown. There was, I think there was a Lane Johnson jersey that also came by. Everybody on the mountain had some form of an Eagles jersey. Are you sure you just didn't have a concussion from that? No, I'm, <laughs> I, trust me. I was in the Poconos. They, nobody nobody wears basketball jerseys. And if they do, honestly, kids, I see a lot of kids are wearing Doncic jerseys or some other. Nobody's wearing Sixers jerseys. It's not a real big thing in Philly. Okay. I, I asked Spike this. You wear an Eagles jersey or you wear your favorite NBA player? You wear a Giannis okay. jersey. I would love to have a little data. On the Allen Iverson jersey. Iverson's popular, yes. Thank okay. you. But <laughs> okay. current Sixers. I I, I think you're... A, there are... Maxie's getting popular. I will admit that. But it's not like football where you have to wear Eagles. You could wear... I think a lot of... And EJ, correct me if I'm wrong because you are closer to this. I think a lot of young NBA fans are more player-oriented than team-oriented. Well, yeah, we actually sure. get this from Bogus's son, right? Bogus's son, Jake, yeah. gets all, likes all different jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah, my nephew shows up every day. He's got, he showed up with Gilgis Alexander the other day. <laughs> we were at a meal. He's in Philadelphia. And I th- he's worse bandwagon than me, people, Lottie. Well, this is, kid. he's learning from you. Yeah, You're a he's bad in, example. He's in fourth grade. So in fourth grade, you're allowed to pick different teams? Yes. Oh, for sure. What? I mean, I grew up, I mean, when I was like in second grade, I was a Yankee fan, and I became a Mets fan. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, wow. I have the turntables. Yeah, there you go. Wait, Fun, EJ, fun fact. Wait, on purpose? What happened? Uh, <laughs> I was Why going, would you I was, go from the Yankees to the Mets? Well, yeah, you should have stayed was, with the well, Yankees. Well, I was eight, number one. Number two, I was living in Queens, and as I was getting to meet my friends and getting to know who the kids will be in my childhood, everybody was Mets fans. I lived not that far from Shea Stadium. And then, like, the Yankees were like, oh, well, these guys pay all the money just to get all the guys, and now they're stacked. Uh, I don't, I'm an underdog. I, I root for underdogs. I'm not a guy who wants to jump on the bandwagon. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Mets. Mets got Mike Piazza. It, it, things were looking up. I became a Mets fan. Man, that was a my, my dad, I feel like my dad, <laughs> my dad poisoned me with Yankee fandom, okay? He's from Harlem. He's, so he lived not that far from Yankee Stadium. So it was all I knew. And then I, and then I learned better. And now here I am, still waiting for a championship. My ace has a broken shoulder, but you know what? I wouldn't choose any other life. I think uh, I think your dad was right. 
actually. 855-212-4CBS. I, I, have, I have one that could top that, but yeah. I will reveal that another day. A, a team switch a, that a you did? A tease to eternity. Yes, and not a Met, a Mets. I was always a Mets fan. But there was another team that was it, it waffled back and forth. All right. Oh, my God. I have to wait for that one. No idea what you're talking about. When I was in middle school. Okay. See, I was younger. I was was literally learning the game of baseball. So all I knew was the Yankees. So, of course, I rooted for the Yankees. My dad was in the house rooting for the Yankees. And I was like, wait a minute. They pay for every player? That's loser energy. It's it's EJ standing on the moral high ground. Yeah, uh, you were too young for when the core four came up. You don't understand. No, that's who I was rooting for. Derek Jr. is my first favorite baseball player. Hmm. Yeah, big, tough one about what do you pass on to your kids, right? Do you make them root for your teams, or do you allow them the space uh, to explore their own fandom? You and your husband are in lockstep on teams, though, right? That's how you met. Did you meet at a bar watching one of your favorite teams? We did. Uh, We were watching Mets game, but we're both Bills fans. And Bills, you know, are definitely number one in the house. Well, isn't it convenient, though? What if he was a Patriots fan? You'd have some real tough talks ahead of you. Oh, my gosh. We've already experienced this because he thinks it's funny. Whenever the Bills are on, we're like, all right, who are we cheering for? Are we cheering for the Bills? And whoever the color is of the other team, he'll go, no, I'm rooting for green. Lucas does this? Yeah. I'm rooting for purple. You got a rebel on your hand. I'm rooting for red. I was like, no. Oh, that's like my neighbors who are filled up in Eagles territory who are Cowboys fans. There are some kids who like to rebel. He could easily be this person. It'd be a smart decision. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, 855. He's in the golden era. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Enough about us. Uh, Let us tell you about us. So coming up, we will do a big reveal on the show. We have two big reveals today. One comes at the top of the next hour. One comes next. No, we have two reveals coming next. Bilotti is going to reveal which basketball team Perloff will be rooting for for the rest of the year, and we will reveal something else. Some big thing. We'll do that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to a Tease Everything Friday. There's so many things up in the air. I don't know where. There's so many questions I need to have answered, Maggie. Yeah. I had one in the break uh, about how Pete Bilotti betrayed his childhood team, and it was... Actually, he said, is this good for Aaron? It is not. It's just a way less interesting story than I would have thought. We're talking about how you chose your team. And the convoluted theory of why yeah. he went from, I don't even know what teams, and ended up with the Jets. He's, I mean, honestly, I, I want that two minutes back. I'm sorry, Pete. You instinctively knew that was an off-air conversation. Well, I had to test it. I had to feel the waters, uh, test the waters, and see what was biting and nothing bit. Yeah, so we'll my great-grandfather, <laughs> my great-grandfather was a fan of Fran Tarkenton, but then... Uh, well, let's not relive it. Yeah, then um, uh, Don Mikowski came to Green Bay, and I, I liked the Magic Man. And starter jackets. I didn't mention that either. Oh, everyone. Everyone that has a starter been, jacket. That's pretty cool. Um, Those are we, sick. We do have some reveals today. Uh, Pete is going to pick a new team for Andrew Perloff, and we are also going to reveal, like Chad Ochocinco, the script for the 2024 NFL season. We've got it right here. The NFL sent us a pre-copy just for our perusal. I mean, Perloff, writer, editor of uh, MMQB for many, many years. They wanted your notes, and I, yeah. threw, I threw some in, too. Yeah, I, I think uh, we are screenwriters in this sense. It's got to be cinematic, Yep. just like last year. Uh, it has to involve something that has nothing to do with football. Because that's, I think the screenwriters... The NFL can do football. Everyone knows that. Right. They need to bring in the world of entertainment, maybe politics, 
It's a lot going on here. Okay, so here Chad Johnson, let's see here Ocho Cinco, was uh, asked about the NFL script. He was on Fox 19 in Cincinnati, and he said this. I know the script for the NFL next year. You know, we're going to the Super Bowl. What school did Joe Burrow go to? LSU. Where's the Super Bowl next year? New Orleans. That's it. That's the script. That's the script. You got it. I said it first. Bengals get their first ever championship. There we go. Simple, to the point, believable. Forgot to mention, Jamar Chase also went to LSU. It all makes sense. So, Perloff, would you like to expand now that the NFL has again passed the script over to us at the Maggie and Perloff? I feel like I expected more out of Chad Ochocinco. Why? Because that's so obvious that they'd go LSU, New Orleans. I think that the NFL, they obviously, what was the big story of 2023? Who was the time person of the year? Taylor. Taylor Swift. So they went big. Yeah. Who is going to be the sports person of the year, the time person of the year this year? Travis Kelsey. It's going to be the Olympic year. It's going to be Simone Biles. Simone Uh-oh. Biles is going to have this crazy comeback, uh, win Olympic gold, and be America's sweetheart again after everything that she went through in the last uh, playoffs. And who's her husband? Her last playoffs. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Owens? Owens on the right. Packers. Okay. So clearly the Packers are in. They need Simone Biles. They loved having uh, all the fans come for Taylor Swift. Simone Biles is going to be huge this year because of the Paris Olympics. So they're going to have her win the gold and then show up on the sideline in Green Bay, which she already does. So Simone Biles is done. The Packers okay. are in. That's, that's a given. Huh. But I think that they want to stick. This is the best I got. They're going to stick with the Olympic theme. So who is the fastest Light a play? torch? Who's the fastest player in the NFL? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Cheetah. Right. Who's 1B? Devon Achan, also on the Dolphins. So they're going to have a 4 by 100 team on the Dolphins. (laughs) It's a track team. Yeah. It has an Olympic theme. And I think Achan is going to try to race whoever wins uh, the Olympic gold in track. I think they're going to have a... U.S. Olympic continuation after huge ratings on NBC. I was disappointed. Maggie told me NBC doesn't have the Super Bowl. But they're going to continue the Olympics into the football season. They're going to have all the gold medal winners are going to be in the stands. Roger Goodell is going to be sitting next to Michael Phelps, which would think maybe Baltimore. But it's going to be Green Bay and Miami, an Olympic-themed year in script. It's kind of cool, right? A tie-in. It's like a product. that one. Not really. They're you're going to have Simone Biles on the sideline instead of Taylor Swift. He said Achan was a Olympic sprinter. That's a pretty big stretch. <laughs> have you ever read his numbers on uh, hundred no, meter? He, he, he was really, really. He he's close. If he if he focused, he's a one NFL player. I think could do it. But Simone Biles, Taylor Swift, easy. I know she's already on the sideline, but they love this energy of Taylor Swift. What's a better script than Biles winning gold and then having her husband win the Lombardi? All right, boom, done. I also have access to the script here, and I'm going to just make a couple notes. On the script, we got advanced copies of the NFL script because we've got clout like that. Uh, So here's my notes. Now, we saw the buildup of the most famous relationship in the world, and that's Taylor and Travis, obviously. So next season, if we're going to go cinematic here, we are going to see the teardown. If this is truly a script, next year we get the undoing and the unraveling. This thing becomes the last 20 minutes of Goodfellas. We've got cocaine. We've got helicopters circling overhead, mass paranoia. We got Travis is going to be out of Kansas City. He's going to be despondent. Taylor's going to write her next album. Somehow Kadarius Tony is going to end up on a diss track. Chiefs fail to three-peat. Taylor becomes the next Yoko Ono. 
this is what's going to happen in 2024. I'm sorry if that got dark. Well, that's rough. Yeah. I'm sorry. Listen, you guys want Hollywood. I just gave it to you, and it's not all pretty. I was just going to say that Travis Kelsey will be on the Jets. <laughs> well, that's the uh, that's the comeback. So after the, the, the Taylor Swift year, you're going to do the Taylor Swift year again? Do you think they'll go back-to-back Taylor Swift scripts? You go up and the down. We build them up. We knock them down. This is, this is as old as apple pie. American as apple pie. Yeah. Old as time. I feel like you got to wait a couple years for the sequel to the Taylor Swift year. Nope. You got to hit them. They, they got the news right now. Yeah. We did the build up and the love, and now we're going to do the tear down, and it's going to be big. It's like the Star Wars movies. You just shoot them back to back. They're already done. Just roll them out. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they shot the or Back to the Future 2 and 3 shot at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can always tell when that happens. Bogus, you're disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't be because obviously you and them would go to this place of continuing to bash this relationship yeah. and refuse to accept its legitimacy. Well, I, mean, I said last 20 minutes of Goodfellas. I, I just, I, <laughs> shame on all of you. You think they're riding off into the sunset together? They're in Australia right now. I know, they're, going to the zoo. Yeah. They're definitely getting married. Definitely. They're, they're definitely getting they're married. They're definitely going to be obnoxious. And they're definitely going to get divorced. I don't know about that. These are these are good Midwestern people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you could take Taylor Swift out of Wyoming, <laughs> Pennsylvania. You cannot take the Wyoming, Pennsylvania out of Taylor Swift. I, I am so not shocked by it. The more I hear about the two of them, the more they're going to be together. Taylor Swift goes through men like, I don't know, like I go through Rice Krispie yeah, Treats after a late night. Like, you really think that she's going to stick with Ta- Travis? This is the first man she's... Yes, I 100... First of all, I think the the fear is that Travis will leave her. She's not leaving Travis. That is not her. But the like, power... You guys have that power dynamic all wrong. I, th- I think you underestimate the power of Taylor's brand being that she talks about exes. Like, she needs... To break up with Travis because she needs to get mm. all the content that comes with breaking oh, up with she's Travis. She's not doing research dude, right now. Dude that just is... won a Super Bowl and kissed her on the field. That is an unstoppable Which is why when she, when she drops that diss track five years yeah. from now talking about that kiss and how what it meant and how much it hurts her now that they're not together, that's going to just be more millions in her pocket. And no, just no, wait no. Till, she's and infatuated. And just wait till the NFL starts using Fanatic's pants. <laughs> that's going to yeah. really seal the, the, the deal right there. You think there. the Swifties are into football now? Just wait. Oh, my goodness. Look yeah. at her other boyfriends, though. I mean, who compares to Travis Kelsey? Well, Tom Hiddleston is a, Hiddleston's the man. He's, he's I love him, but he clearly dumped her. Yeah, that, that, there's that, no that's doubt true. about that. A lot yeah. of them were He's like, why am I dating this person? <laughs> I, oh, boy. For why am I dating this rich and famous and beautiful woman? So weird. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, a Shakespearean trained actor from England who's 20 years older than Taylor Swift, that was a weird couple. I didn't that's why it didn't last long. Yeah, I know. He's like, what, what do you think they were talking My point is, I, you, you, really think, you guys really think that Taylor has the power here? I think it's Travis. I think, it, I think it's Taylor. I mean, listen, Travis gets some too. I just, I can't get the thought of the two of them walking towards the club after they win the Super Bowl, and then behind them is Jason Kelsey in a luchador mask and some overalls falling into a tree. It's like, <laughs> that's her brother-in-law? It's a wedding day. She's not marrying Jason. Yeah. I know, but you marry the family, Bogus. You yeah. know this. Who, yeah, but do you, think, do you think Kylie Kelsey was excited to have Travis as a brother-in-law? That's worked out pretty well. No, I think maybe. I, Jason, you're you're getting the shorter end of the stick. I still don't get an answer. Of what music does Taylor Swift make once she's no longer talking about exes? Like talking about being a mom, growing up. Another ode to New York. Oh, please let's not go through that phase again. <laughs> that was the worst era of Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. She's talking about rumors. 
And Roger Goodell, I don't know, 855 She's called Big Friendly to write some of those songs. <laughs> yes. she, and we she, will listen to a little more Brent Fre- Big Friendly stylings later in the show. The real issue, and part of your script, does Travis cheat on her? That is, because that's what happened with his last relationship, right? Yes. So, Allegedly. And he's an NFL football player. Well, and he's a man. Not yes. the most faithful group. <laughs> and no. he's a man. <laughs> he's a dude. He's rich and famous. He's on the he's road handsome. a lot for work. Yeah. Check. It's, it's, he checks a lot of boxes. Jake from State Farm. Who's Jake? So much judgment. How about Taylor and Jason? <laughs> just oh, okay. that, that, two that, days of our lives. There's a script right there. Easy. I don't even think physically that would work. <laughs> 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 that just defies everything show. we know. <laughs> what are the next gen stats on that? <laughs> That's you and Peter Schwartz in the ring. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Ooh, which one's Taylor? <laughs> <Do not laughs> in that dynamic. Well, so that is going to happen. By the way, we've got some release forms that have to be filled out. Paychecks to be uh, written. Well, Our boss was worried. What if 300 plus pound Peter Schwartz lies on Pilates, much like worried. Jason Kelsey on Taylor Swift? Would it cause an injury? <laughs> no, if I get injured, there I'll goes just, America's I'll, sweetheart. I'll just sue. Doesn't matter. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, and the fact that you already threw that out there makes yeah. it a You're too litigious, Pete. To be honest, like that's the one thing that Spike is worried about. It's not, like, not this place, uh, Peter Schwartz. No, he's worried about both of you. You've already, he's going to sue you after you break his nose. But you're a huge pro wrestling fan. You know how to pull a punch. Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, I mean, Schwartz already has one fake hip. So, I mean, he's already sturdier that, than that's you. That's the focus. The focus. <laughs> <attack> <laughs> that's the weak spot? Right there. Okay. What's well, a good that's anti-hip a- move? Do you understand? Like, there are just not enough lawyers in the building to make sure we are buttoned up on this thing. That's my nope. fear. No, nope. We've got a team of lawyers, and it's not enough. I'm going to beat him up with tickets. <laughs> bags of tickets I'm going to throw right at him. Throw bobbleheads yeah. at him. Drop him on like a uh, mankind dropping thumbtacks. <laughs> That's it. Is there a, do you have a role model wrestler, a guy who you've always fantasized about being like? Uh, see, I see he was George the Animal Steel, and no, you didn't like that. Not him. <laughs> uh, Bruno. Bruno San Martino. <laughs> yes, that would be my dad's answer. My dad's seventy-something. You mean the WWF champion in 1971, I mean, Bruno San Martino? When pro wrestling was real. It's when he was uh, selling out the garden every night. That's right. I'm telling you, we don't have the we don't have enough lawyers. We don't, and we have a lot. It's in the front row. Oh, oh my God! Out. Remember <laughs> when Bruno went head to head with Chief J Strongbow in the in the garden? They wouldn't because they're two good guys. Oh, they're two good guys? Yes. <laughs> Perloff, what? get it right. What? I thought Bruno turned heel once. No, never. Come on. That's why Pete loves him. That's Everyone right. knows that. Like Bruno and Ricky Steamboat were never heels. Yep. Man, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to That's do. That's not true. Ricky Steamboat was a heel. Check your facts on that one. <laughs> check your thing. We're doing finger, old school wow. wrestling. A we're finger doing old in your face saying, check your facts. Ricky Steamboat was never a heel. And he came up, Ricky Steamboat, I think... Had a bad phase. Okay. All right. According to you, I'm still picking your team. Remember that. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That's coming. Okay. That's coming. That. We have to get to headlines. What the heck happened in sports last night? Uh, well, since the NBA ABA merger, there have been three triple doubles with a perfect shooting percentage, taking at least 10 shots. Nikola Jokic owns all three of them, the last of which came last night. Back over to Jokic. Jokic guarded by Bagley. Jabs at him. Head fake. Spin move. Gets down the lane. Dumps it off to Brown. Layup. Good! 16th triple-double of the year for Nikola Jokic. 
as Denver leads at 82-59. Jason Kosmicki on Nuggets Radio. Jokic finishing with 21 points, going 10 for 10 from the floor with 19 rebounds and 15 assists in a 130-110 home win over the Wizards. DeMontis Sabonis had 22 points, 11 boards, 11 helpers for his 19th triple-double of the season. His Kings down the Spurs, 127-122. The Pelicans beat the Rockets, 127-109. Zion had 27 and 9 assists. New Orleans has won 8 of 9. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 31 and 8 in the Thunders, 129-107 decision over the Clippers. And the Raptors spoiled Kevin Ollie's debut as Nets interim coach, 120 120- 21-93 in Toronto. One thing, by the way, if Bilotti's speaking my team, we it's a rule. The Wizards are out because there's never been a Wizards fan, never will be a Wizards fan. I'm not rooting for the Wizards, right? You got one veto, and you said the Knicks. Yeah. Well, I, that's not a veto. That's a given veto. That's no. like that's oh, a universal no. veto. No. No. You got one no. veto. No. You even got bored reading the Wizards you score right no there, Bogus. Knicks. But the, nobody's a Wizards fan. There's no there's no mm. bandwagon to join. And you're by the way, we're lucky we gave you the one veto. Yeah. Anything else, folks? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pac-12 drama last night in Arizona. From the corner. Got oh. it! Wow. Jalen Wells. Contact. He goes down into the front row of the crowd. Are you kidding me? Uh, that was on FS1. Oh, Jalen Wells, a go-ahead four-point play with 24 seconds left. He scored 27 total in number 21, Washington State's 77-74 win at fourth-ranked Arizona. The Cougars now lead the Wildcats by a half game atop that Pac-12. Caitlin Clark, just 24 points. She was 8-26 from the field. Her fourth-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes losing at number 14, Indiana, 86-69. And SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey telling Yahoo Sports his league pushing to change the recruiting calendar. They'd like National Signing Day to move up two weeks to the Wednesday before conference championship games. The rest of December would be recruiting dead period instead of signing day coming during the mad rush towards the CFP and bowl games, plus the opening of the transfer portal. Guys, back to you. We don't understand this at all. Like, someone's going to have to explain it yeah. to us like we're five. Okay. Why it, would you? It's the opposite of what we expected. Yeah, so the big thing about the um, opening up this, uh, the or the signing, the transfer Close, portal. Closing the window. And closing the, the window. Of the, of the signing day, yeah. It was likening it to having free agency before the playoffs start. Right. It made no sense whatsoever. Like, it should happen after the season is over, totally over. And instead, they're moving it even more up. Yes. Well, because so the overriding thing for the transfer portal is it has to stay in that general area because Mm. schools want to be able to bring the kids in for second semester of that year. Okay. so they can't they can't move it back, which would prevent you then from enrolling in second semester. Most like what January 15th, something like that. Yeah. So the transfer portal is always going to be in that last like third of the season mm-hmm. so people can go to their new school right, for spring, spring football right. and whatever. Mm-hmm. Signing day then going to like the second day of December at least gets it in a less hectic part of the year for most coaches. Okay, can I just propose something here? Mm-hmm. We are talking about um, how many potential people this would impact on a on one college campus we're talking about oh, i don't know at the most 15 maybe kids from the transfer portal you would bring in before a spring semester so you uh, have football maybe may, may may a little bit more now okay yeah. so you're telling me i can't get some kind of special exemption an athlete exemption about who's going to transfer into my school 
and I can't have them start the semester in February or no, March? No, you, you can't change I, schools in the middle of the year. I use have, classes and grades. Have you dealt with like a registrar of any yeah. college? It oh, is the it, it is more unorganized than the NCAA. It's less flexible than any yes, organization yes. in the world. Registrars, they if you go one second, one inch away from what they normally do, they yes. throw up their hands and say, throw you out of wait for two hours. Yes, because guys, we never make any kind of stipulations for big time student athletes. We never make any stipulations about big time football players at football schools. Get the hell out of here with that. We're talking about a very small amount of kids, young men. We're talking about uh, schools that bend over backwards for football. I'm not talking about Harvard here. I'm talking about Michigan. They're not going to make a couple exceptions. You're out of your domes with that. All right. Relax. They're already making exceptions. <laughs> by, but they're already, the exception is letting kids <laughs> bring in language on yeah. this topic. What, what's going on Sorry. here? Let the kids start class in March. I don't know if that's really going to make sense. They don't even go to class. Well, that's the exception that they make. They let kids in they would normally let in. The so least you could do is be here on the time. First day of school of classes. Guys. Well, then don't even go to school at that point. They don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. They they They, they pretend might, to. But the offensive linemen are usually pretty smart. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy the communications degree. Even if you wanted to go there for an education, oftentimes the school won't let you. Like, if you wanted to be a football player and be <laughs> yes. pre-med, they're going to tell you no. you can't do that because <laughs> it's too rigorous of an academic course. Look. That's my favorite part of prepping for games in college is seeing what majors the guys have. It's all the same majors. And you can tell which ones are the ones that are basically like coloring books. There's always one that like two-thirds of the roster has. Sociology. Or like general studies. Like, there's just one that you can see. that like, That's where we put the guys oh. that... Don't that we just need to get through school. You want to play a fun game? Go back through Duke University basketball <laughs> and pick out every person that you recognize who was awesome and look at their major. Is it is it crazy that everyone from 1991 to 2023 all would have picked the same major? <laughs> How funny is that? From Leitner to Jay Williams to Jason Tatum to Kyrie Irving, they all pick the same thing. It's so funny. How dare you say that about Grant Hill? That man is a Grant genius. Grant Hill is a sociology major too. Probably that man could better. do no wrong. Probably he could probably he could probably run for president. I thought Grant Hill. I would have assumed Poli Sci, right? Is it Grant Hill is president? Is that still happening? Who's put him in I'd for Biden for right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Battier. Battier did run, didn't he? Shane Battier ran for president. <laughs> Did he get, Shane Battier got was re- reached out to about politics. Am I making I this think up? He was like Maybe president of, of the like, union. <laughs> Talk about reach out, reached out. Oh my goodness, Shane Battier. I I must have been asleep for that. Well, one. Shane, but you guys know Shane Battier is like no, he's awesome. He's but, like the yeah. superstar person. Uh, Michigan. Okay, Shane Battier for Senate Michigan Democratic Party reached out to Battier and he refused. Oh, to be go. what? The governor of Michigan? <laughs> yeah, I think the run for governor. It's Senate, I see. Oh, sorry, Senate. Yeah, Senate. Hmm. But I, I would vote for Grant Hill, too. Guy, I mean, he got injured, came back as a defensive player. That's a team player. He was just like, you know, lying through school, apparently. (laughs) Just skating by. He was just doing the same majors later. Weren't you guys just bashing Grant for not running USA Basketball well, and I want to run the country? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. Mm. Oh, man, you got me there, Bogus. Yeah. Well, he, he I bowed think, down no, to Draymond so I, Green. I, so here's what I'll to... say. I think he inherited a bad system from Pop, who truly ran into the ground. Uh-huh. He needs to go away from Pop, but he's just continuing the screw-ups that Pop did. Yeah, what's he going to do about farm subsidies? <laughs> we answer that question, 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> All right, we ran out of time. Shocker. We will reveal Bilotti's choice for Perloff's basketball team next. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. All right, without further ado, let's reveal that Perloff has jumped off a team. He wants to join another bandwagon. We said not this time. You don't get to just choose who you're going to be rooting for. I, I want to be clear. I did not jump off the Sixers bandwagon. The Sixers bandwagon crashed into the side of the road hard. <laughs> There's no bandwagon to be on. So it's not like I don't love the Sixers. I'm just not rooting for them this year because their star player is injured. That makes sense. Kind of like the you Knicks. with the Jets. Couldn't no. take the Knicks just beating them down it, last night. It broke them last night. No, and, I've been broken a long time ago. And rooting for your, te- th- for your team through thick and thin is something that does not uh, does not is foreign concept to Andrew Perloff. So, but the football season's over. I got to have some rooting interest for this NBA season, right? Pete Bellotti has been empowered to choose the next team that Andrew Perloff will be rooting for. Take it away, Pete. Well, I think I think uh, Perloff has it in his heart already who he wants to root for. Yeah. I think he's kind of alluded to it throughout the entire program today. Uh, let's go take a listen. Detroit, to me, or. Oof, right there. They're going to be great again. Uh, I think Detroit's right there. And the other thing about Detroit, ha, 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 ha. they have a lot of cap space. They are a great drafting team, so they're going to bring in more young talent with the draft. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made a big splash. If they get one guy who can cover anybody, watch out. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yep. you really are wow. the Detroit bandwagon, so you are going to be a Pistons fan. Absolutely fine with that. I deserve wow. it. Get up. Nowhere to go but up for my Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Jade and Ivy, close friends with a family friend of mine, great kid, uh, Kate Cunningham, whatever, number one pick. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, don't they, they have one of the Thompson twins, right? I don't know yep. which one. They have a, they have a SAR. I gotta be honest, it's a kind of excited to root for the Pistons. You have to, and you have to buy a Bill Lambeer jersey. I have no problem with Lambeer. Okay. I, I hate, right. you know, the, the people that Lambeer caused problems with were people I hated, like the Celtics. Uh, I'll go Lambeer. Mahorn was a sixer. I love the Detroit Pistons. I've always been a big fan of that team. Charles Barkley <laughs> punched Bill Lambeer on the court one time. He did cause problems for the sixers. What are you talking about? No, we were fine. He really could. <laughs> they never Charles beat Barkley them. almost the knocked out Bill Lambeer on the court. Everybody almost knocked out Bill Lambeer on the court. Okay. Even as a WNBA coach, he almost got knocked out on the court. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Detroit Pistons brand. Totally down with this. Wow. So that means I get the couple rings. Rashid, one of my favorite all-time players, Rashid Wallace, won a ring there. This is great. Thank you, Bilotti. You did it to yourself. You you wanted to be a Pistons fan. It was in your heart. So I just brought it out of you. Wow. You're a Pistons fan. It's funny because it, it, that conversation did sound eerily similar to the ones we had about the Lions earlier in the show. Oh, maybe. It's funny. It was right. How did that happen? <laughs> That's interesting. It rolled right off the tongue. Man, I, I thought you were going to go a different direction, Bilotti. You and I do not share a brain, it turns out. Wait. 
Uh, so I'm a Lions fan now, a Pistons fan. Are the Tigers any good? Anyone know? <laughs> no, spring training. It's always hope. Uh, Sign free agents, though. I know the jerseys aren't good. I, that I can tell you. I can guarantee uh, you. I can guarantee you definitely see through the pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do they stack up against the rest of the league? At well, the just day, hold them up to the light. All 30 MLB teams are in the same place. <laughs> naked. <laughs> so, the naked truth. Well, what, did, uh, what did Maggie think I was going to pick? Well, yeah. I thought you and I shared a brain. I thought it would be a little more diabolical. I thought you were going to force Perloft after root for Doc Rivers and the oh, Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. I no, love Doc Rivers. I'm not going to do that to anybody. Yeah. Doc Rivers, <laughs> I'm personally a fan of. I think it's ridiculous what he's done in the last, what he says in the media and the Sixers. But personally, you know, Doc Rivers is we're simpatico. He once told me I had nice shooting form, so I'm a Doc Rivers fan for life. <laughs> oh my God. But, see, Doc see, Rivers never this, lies. This is see, this is the problem with Doc Rivers. He says this crap yeah. knowing that it, yeah, yeah. He, he can fool some people. Trying to butter up the media. Right, exactly. Well, the thing about Doc Rivers, I'm sorry to we Doc Rivers spin zone. It's not that you hate Doc Rivers. It's more like you're somewhat entertained by his fanciful analysis of what actually happened. We call him the spin doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's a spin doctor. <laughs> but we, we know he's spinning. Nobody it. hates Doc Rivers. You kind of say, oh, there goes Doc again. Except for J.J. I mean, I don't, I, I was say, any I think, team, anybody that's rooted for the teams he coaches, I cannot say that they love Doc Rivers. They don't love him, but I don't think he. I don't think he's a bitter enemy to all those well, now people. With, now with the way things are going, you could probably get Doc in Detroit. Yeah, I might get Doc in Detroit. <laughs> He's going to say, you know what, Perloff? You should have. I, I told Perloff he should have been a Pistons fan years ago. You know, I don't know, I don't know what took him so long. I, I, I told me he had great shooting for him, and, and Detroit was a nice city. And now look, here he is. I'm just waiting for him to claim credit for Tyrese Halliburton. You know that's coming. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I told Arvidas Sabonis, your son is going to be a great NBA player. I told him. Doc Rivers calls history. Spin doctor. 855-212-4CBS coming up. We get to reveal a new segment on the show. Super excited about this. Stay with us. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.